Hello, feeble-minded humans, and welcome to Set Podcast to Stun, the podcast where we explore, explain, and enjoy the Star Trek franchise. I'm Clint the Q, joined today by Chancellor Emily Galron. Hello, my fellow host, and kabla. 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 You say it back to me. Already kabla. Yes, kabla to you too. Kabla. Kabla. Yep. Don't know if you have any questions, Emily. Wait, isn't there? Don't you usually say something else after this? Corey's not here today. I think I think he's dead again. I'm not sure. Sorry to keep track again. Of that no. Don't worry, Emily. I've uh, since the last time I've made contact with an android planet, and I'm having 500 Corys made. So if we break any. Um, if our logical uh, conversations make his head explode, we'll just order a new Corey. Clint, I don't need to know about your sexual proclivities. <laughs> I need 500 Corys, stat! <laughs> All right, Uniforms! Let's... No, no, don't worry about that. <laughs> Smooth as a Ken doll. You know? <laughs> they still have mouths. <laughs> and, and ear canals. Ah, the umlogs. The... <laughs> umlogs. <laughs> All right. So, is uh, that the right word? Yeah, they're umlogs. Yeah, umlogs. Yeah. That's a DS9 deep cut for all yes. you, you poser nerds out there. It's what the Frangies like. I think it's in uh, TNG. Also, they talk. Is about it? it? Yeah. Uh, the the episode. It's a real big thing in DS9. Yes. Yeah. Um, but the episode where Troy and her mother, who we all love, they get kidnapped by Frankie's. Oh, I don't remember that one. Um, so anyway, it is a very special episode of uh, Set Podcast is Done because there are no adults. Yes. Yes. So we get to do whatever you want. You would think this episode, these kind of episodes, when we don't have Corey, would run shorter because there's less people talking. But they actually run longer because they're not as as focused. And there's no people telling us to stop talking. (laughs) (laughs) We're just emitting heavy sighs until we get the point. (laughs) Those those very uh, Spock-like sighs. Yeah, he's like, illogical, moving on. (laughs) What does the robot say? He says... um, Non sequitur. Non sequitur. <laughs> non sequitur. What'd they say in this one? Did they say illogical? I don't think so. I forget. I, they did say something like, oh, this does not compute or something like that. But yeah, I think it was does not compute. Oh, does not relate. Oh, yeah. So uh, the episode we are reviewing today is I Mud. So, you know, if you want to watch this episode and you don't want to be spoiled, don't listen to this. But um, this but is... But if you want to be spoiled, just stay right here, baby. Yeah, we'll spoil your earbuds. Mm-hmm. Umox. So, ooh, with Umox, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's called a callback, people. All right. So um, this iMud was first aired November 3rd, 1967. It was written by Stephen uh, Kendall and directed by Mark Daniels. All right. Uh, also, I saw the title and screamed. I literally <laughs> just screamed, oh no. I know. Well, it's your favorite character, right? Um, I I had somehow completely forgotten that when we watched the episode Mud's Women in the first season, which was, I think, perhaps our most hated episode across the board, except for Charlie X. I have forgotten that you said that Mud returns, and I just... I yeah, I literally screamed, "Oh no!" <laughs> um, well, uh, in this episode, our favorite intergalactic space pimp. Well, he's a space pimp, but he's like a pirate. They toned down some of the weird wardrobe choices, which was good. Um, but I remember, I am remembering now that we kind of like Mud, but we thought his whole sex slave business was really shady. <laughs> It was shady. Yeah. So it's our, our favorite uh, space privateer uh, slash intergalactic pimp. Hardcore runner. 
Yeah. Uh, I'd say pimp more. Uh, Harcourt Fenton Mud, who was in a season one episode as well. Um, Emily, did you know that there's also two episodes in Discovery that feature uh, Harry Mud? Um, as soon as you said, did you know, I just immediately wanted to say generally, no, no, <laughs> generally, no, I don't know anything. Um, but also, no, I did not know that in particular. Okay. So, you know, the, um, you know, the actor who plays this reprised role, um, but you can never guess or you'll never guess. Not if I have anything to do about it, but anyway, do I get, do I get like a hint? Is it the same um, I, actor who plays it here? No, it's not. It's not. Um, okay, this will give it away, but he's from The Office. What? He's from The Office? How yeah. does that give it away? There are like a thousand people who act in The Office. Oh, is it? <laughs> One thousand. Is it Dwight Schrute? Yes. Shut up. Yeah. Rain Wilson plays Harvey Mudd. In two in, episodes of Disco, yeah. In the reboot. Yeah. What? It's not a reboot. It's more of a, like, a Discovery's, like, a prequel. The most recent iteration. Yeah. Yeah. What on yeah. earth? I was just joking when I said Dwight Schrute. Okay, also, when did that come out? Like, three years ago? Yeah, um, I would say, like, three or four years ago now. So I don't know why I'm so shocked by this, but wow, I blown away. Now I really want to watch that. <laughs> All right. So let's uh, get into the episode. I'll get there in 10 years when we get there with this podcast. Anyway, yeah, exactly. um, I'm mud. It opens, it opens bones hates that someone has privacy. <laughs> so it's Spock and McCoy. They're walking down a corridor and they see this new guy, Crewman Norman. And McCoy's just like, I don't know. I don't like that guy. He reminds me of Vulcans. He kind of describes a Vulcan who backpedals. He's like, oh, not, but it's fine. He's like, he doesn't smile. He's unemotional. And like, he keeps, you know, pushing back his, uh, his crew, not crew evaluation, his, his physical. I need to, I need to get in there with my rectumometer and, and measure his, yeah, I need to touch his butt and make him squeal so I know he's really human. It's very weird. Bones is clearly like watching this guy being like, what the fuck is your deal, man? And like he's like, guy. he's like, he doesn't talk about his personal life. He doesn't ever tell stories. Well, he's only been there for 72 hours, McCoy. Right. Also, I'm like, what is he supposed to just be like? Yeah, so uh, I hate my mother. Here's some like strong resentments that I have. And I guess that's. That's why, take my I've blood. Never, that's why I've never been able to have a lasting relationship. And they're like, we just want to know what you wanted for lunch. Uh, this is the commissary. So what happens is this crewman Norman guy, he takes over the ship. He's everywhere, too. Like, he goes to this, like, auxiliary control. He he karate chop. He's like throws out the laziest karate chop. Do you, karate did you notice chop. that? I did. I wrote karate. I wrote judo chop like Austin Powers in my notes. Once again, also playing into your argument that the Enterprise needs keys because he just like goes into engineering, judo chops someone, and then he's like in charge of the whole fucking ship. I was like, what is happening? Laziest judo chop ever. He goes there and then he goes to like, he goes to a couple different places and like no one knows what's going on. Kirk is getting all these notices of like intrusive route. This guy is like in the engine room after oh auxiliary control. Also, he's like the intruder is in engineering. Scotty, what's happening? Scotty, Scotty, what is going on? Scotty, like there's an intruder there. <laughs> so long, it takes forever, and he just so he's like this guy. Norman is like wrestling everybody in engineering. He's like has Scotty by his hair and he's just like slamming his face into the console. No, he's not doing that, but he is just like taking over. And Kirk is just like, yo, Scotty, are you napping on the job again? Like it takes. And then finally Scotty like crawls himself up to the console and is like, captain, this, uh!" and then Kirk is like, oh shit, security. Could you check that out, please? All units. (laughs) 
Oh my god. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? This is some terrible protocol. And then he shows up on the bridge and everyone's like, what the fuck? He's like, hey, we're gonna go to this planet and if yeah. if you try and fuck with it, the sh- ship's gonna explode. And then he's like, who are you, bro? And then he's like, look at my belly. Yeah, he's like, look at my tummy. <laughs> He lifts up his shirt, inappropriate, and shows everyone that he's an ant. Is he like has a little panel in his belly button? He has no belly button. Yeah, and then so it's just a computer. And then he's like, pop, and it opens, and there's like a computer panel. And they're like, what's going on? And he's like, okay, I'm gonna power down. It's gonna take four days to get there. See you later. Yep. <laughs> I have. Two thoughts on this. One, this android makes Data look like a tricycle. Like, he is way more sophisticated than Data. And second, imagine just how bizarre that would be if there's some crisis at work and you're like, hey, uh, Jim, could you hand me that thing? And Jim just goes, look at my belly. And you're like, <laughs> what? No, what kind of answer is that? I like to because like the next scene, like they make it to the planet. And he's just standing there the whole time. He's been standing there for four days. And, like, Ohura almost runs into him and, like, gives him a dirty look. Yeah. And then he, like, wakes up. And he's like, I want your comms officer, your navigation officer, you know, your medical, blah, blah, blah. So Kirk, Bones, Spock, Ohura, and and Chekhov. Oh, my. Right? Kirk must be so tired. Yeah. Um, thank you thank you for that ordering yeah. well that that's that's just the ordering because that's what Corey said uh i think our, during our last recording was like so i think we should always do blank bones blank yeah you have order yeah well of course because we're just going by rank what else yeah, what exactly. else would it be okay so they get to a planet that's I guess class K doesn't really matter, but it's like, I think this is the first time they talk about this, but it's like suitable for life with like pressure domes and like life support. I feel like there was one earlier where they were like, this is a class M planet. Yeah. So that was, but that's like, I think earth is class M. So this is the first time they talk about a class K planet. Yeah. But it's not the first time they've talked about classes of planets. So they get beamed down to the planet. It's, I don't know, 60s architecture. And they get led into a room. And who is it? It's Harry Mudd sitting Harvey. on the throne. It's Harry. Harvey. Mm, everything says Harry Mudd. I mean, his, his his real name is Harcourt. I spent all this time thinking it was Harvey. Well, yeah. Harry I feel like Mudd I is... thought it was Harvey Mudd, too. Maybe we've made that mistake before, but it says is Harry Mudd. Is he Harvey in the first episode? I don't think so. Hmm. Maybe. Maybe this is kind of like what rogue he is. Is this a, um, what is that called where they thought it was Berenstein, but it's Berenstein or some uh, Mandela effects? <laughs> oh, yeah, it's like that. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, Norman the android brings our intrepid crew to like this throne room. And on the throne is Harry Mudd. Um, he's apparently like, like what? what you motherfucker. It's like probably just the reaction you had. You're like, you're the last person I wanted to see. Like, I what know. are you doing here? Um, and so like, once again, like Harry was in, he was in jail, but then he broke out of jail <clears throat> and then he started selling patents that he didn't. Oh yeah. And then Kirk's like, did you own the patents? And <laughs> to be fair, he makes a really good point. He says, Knowledge should be free. And I was like, well, I got you there. I kind of agree. <laughs> but yes, he he was he got convicted of selling patents and not paying the royalties to the patent holders. That's like that's funny too. That's like the problem is he's not like selling technology to like lower developed planets or civilizations. Right. What he's in trouble for is selling patents without giving out royalties. Yeah, he's not guilty of, like, breaking the Prime Directive. He's basically guilty of pirating music. Yeah. It's what, he, was on, he was on Napster and downloading some patents. <laughs> some sweet patents. <laughs> they caught him. Which he was going to be sentenced to death for, too. He was going to be right. sentenced to death. He was, he was about to be sentenced to death. 
but then he got he broke out again stole the spaceship and then just kind of like wandered around also it's a really cute funny scene where he goes bud's like i borrowed transportation and kirk just goes he stole a ship uh they're always like he's like this is what i he's like i was no longer in jail and kirk's like he escaped like it's very uh theatrical like he's this the scene is just mud and kirk but kirk's like making these asides to his crew like he stole a ship uh the guards and I disagreed. He beat him up. <laughs> <laughs> that it, that was a good scene. That this was a very this was a pretty funny episode. I agree. It was really uh, fun. It was really campy and silly. And then uh, Harry Mud explains that he's bored here, but these um, androids that we'll ta- uh, call them, they like are kind of holding him captive because they need humans to like study and serve. Like, if they aren't, like, serving people, they don't know what to do th- with themselves. Yeah. Um, uh, Mike, they're androids. What do they give a shit? They can just power down. <laughs> but, sure, go off. Tell us how androids need a sense of purpose. Yeah, they need it. They need, exist- they need something to exist for. Right. I'm like, do they? Um, but, yeah, also, so the androids, we somehow didn't talk about this but um aside from norman so far we just see fembots is what i wrote they have they have the fembot hairdo and then they have this like asymmetrical wrap situation Mm -hmm. where one leg is really sparkly and then there's just like a chain like if someone wears a a purse across their body it's like that but then the chain is also like around their leg and Sometimes they were holding the chain. So that was like a very confusing accessory. Well, they do come from a different galaxy. They come from the Andromeda galaxy. So they so probably you're have saying some... that if you come from a different galaxy, you have confusing accessories. Yeah. It's just, it's just like very alien things that like don't make any sense whatsoever. Things that are so alien to us, they're mind boggling. And so, yeah, wrapping a chain around your leg and holding it with the other hand. What are you doing, crazy ladies? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and they have a necklace with a number on it. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mud says, I like these ones. Um, I made 500 of the same model. It's the Alice model. The Alice model. Yeah. And then Spock uh, deadpans what I thought was a pretty... Um, sex negative thing he says 500 of the same model that seems redundant yeah. <laughs> i was like well we just learned something about spock can't you just have sex with the same robot 500 times like you don't need a new robot or like 20 of them right why do you need 500 of them i mean a spock is right there with you <laughs> there's a great scene though where um Harry is on the throne and he's flanked by two androids. Oh, he, he keeps calling himself Mud the First. Oh like yeah, the Mud King. the First. Yeah. Is that a joke too? Like cause it's like I Mud. And then so if you like turn that around, it's like Mud One. Oh, I didn't even think of that. Probably not, but I'm thinking too much of it. Um, I don't know. Is it a riff off iRobot? I think it is, yes. It should be. It should be. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> if it's not, I hereby decree that it is. Yeah, it's either that or like there's a ro- there's like this story about like this Roman guy. It's like, yeah, it's like a book or uh, ch- 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 I have this in I Claudius. Yes, I Claudius. Some thinks it was an I Claudius reference, or other people like it might be an I Robot reference. So who knows? I just want you to know I did not look that up. I just knew it from my mind. Nice, good job, good job. Sometimes I know things. Okay, but anyway, there's this great shot where it's um, Harry on the throne and then two women that are identical right next to him. And then on the left part of the screen, another two androids, they're exactly the like come out. And then on the the right part, another two. So it's six of the same android that he's he's being flanked by. And it was I thought it was a cool shot. I mean, like in the 60s. I th- like this got noticed and by like visual effects people and that sort of thing, but I thought that was pretty cool. 
Yeah, I had a theory that it was twins, that it was two actresses, and then they composited it together. Yes, no, that's that's right. It, it is identical twins that were playing two of them, and then they were using, you know, split screen and different techniques to make it look like there were more. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, it's interesting to see them do things like that because there's a lot of other scenes where Kirk or different characters are like dialoguing, but they don't look like they don't make eye contact with the camera. It's still set up like it's on a stage. Like, mm-hmm. so they're sort of facing the audience, but they're like directing their speech to each other. Um, and so it's it's interesting to see them kind of growing and doing these things that you can do with film um but not yet fully making that shift to doing like cutaways or having people talk like look at each other i don't know it's it's interesting Mm -hmm. well probably because they're just like didn't know exactly like i think they're kind of breaking ground here a little bit so they didn't they didn't have the experience to be like oh if we set the shot up this way and have them like look at each other like this it'll look cool or like you know, the way that we do it where you have like one person kind of blocking and you see the back of their head or something like that. Yeah, Um, no, I mean, it's, it's not a criticism of them at all. I think it's, it's just an interesting, like of the moment every once in a while, you're like, this looks different in a way that I can't quite define. And I think mm -hmm. you're right. They're trying to like grow and, and find that moment. Yeah. I didn't take that as a criticism though. So anyway. Oh, when I criticize, you'll know. Oh, yes, exactly. No, I know it. I know it. Just like when Stella, (laughs) just like in Stella, who we meet in this scene also, um, Mud had. (laughs) Harcourt! Harcourt! Have you been drinking? Harcourt Reginald Mud, where have you been? Shut up! Yeah, so he has he has a replica made of his old wife. It was kind of funny he was talking about like, oh, she's inspired me to get out to the stars. Every time I remember her, I try because to get I, further away. Yeah, it was a very take my wife, please joke. <laughs> I also, though, one, I was like, oh, this isn't going to come back to bite him. <laughs> but then two, uh, that actress, like when they're like, she's just perfectly still. Like, you can tell it's still an actress. And then when she just, like, comes to life and raises her arm, ha, caught, I was like, this actress is having a great time. Like, you can tell <laughs> she's getting really into it. It was, I mean, it was a very misogynistic bit, but it was fun. I hate to say that, but it was. Yeah, it was a pretty funny part. Um, yeah, not that's not going to come back at all. Nope, don't worry. Just a one-off. You don't have to think about it. Um, so yeah, Harry's like, Hey, we're going to be switching places. Um, you guys are going to stay here. I'm going to take off. Oh, um, and he goes, make yourself comfortable. You'll be here for the rest of your lives. <laughs> he has a very evil laugh. Um, so yeah. And then that the Android starts showing the enterprise crew around the planet, uh, which the crew is loving by the way. I know they're like, you can do whatever you want. And then they show like. Chekhov does a really creepy thing, which I'm sure we'll talk about. And then Scotty is like getting to nerd out at this like lab where he can make a glowing tower. I don't know. It's kind of hard to tell. Um, It's very technobabbly. They're like, this nanoparticle has the most nanoparticles I've ever seen. And the the Norman's like, yes, you guys can come here and build things for fun. Or you can tell us to build things and we'll build it for you. Whatever you want. And he's just like, swing. (laughs) um uhura um and i think it's like kirk i forget who or maybe spock they go to like the chamber where they make the androids uh they explain that the androids last five hundred thousand years and you can put a human brain in an android and be basically immortal unlike in the other episodes where we were like uh the one with the shrimp people um unlike in that one where they're like we're holding you hostage because we want something, but we're not going to tell you what it is here. They're just like, we want to study you and uh, we want to learn about humans. So will you be our human subjects? It's just like, all we do is serve you. And like, it seems like a pretty sweet deal. And 
there's actually a line where Kirk's like, wow, I can't wait until my crew gets a hold of this. They're never going to want to leave. Like, <laughs> oh, brother. And I'm like, you are not giving them a better offer, sir. <laughs> yes, Kirk is not. Kirk is not liking this, but um, everyone seems to be having a great time. Yeah, the androids are like, let us serve you, our slaves. <laughs> it's a, like a weird, like, we're not going to let you leave, but we're your servants. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. (laughs) And then, um, you know, Chekhov makes his way into like the throne room. It sits on the throne. Um, I don't know if he sees, I think it's two Alice's again. Um, But he's like, oh, too bad you're not real. And they're like, well, we're real in every way that counts. Oh, and he goes, well, first of all, they bring him some like wine or whatever. And Mm -hmm. he's just like. Oh, it's too bad they're not the real girls. And he does like this, like, makes a circle, like a whew. And I'm like, ew, he's talking about a vagina. And they're like, <laughs> we are, a, or like, programmed to perform all the uh, biological functions of real women. And he's like, well, well, we are. <laughs> and then, like, you hear a humming coming from their pants. Yeah, it's, like, mm. very clear that he's gonna just, you know, deposit some seed. I would have to, like, I understand Harry's, like, how he wants to get out of there, because it would be boring if you're the only one here. I think if you had some other people, it'd be a little bit more bearable. Yeah, I mean, this is also, again, though, this question I have of, like, Kirk just immediately is like, this is a gilded cage, fuck you, we're leaving. But then I'm like, I just don't see why you care so Like, everyone is not being harmed, everyone is safe, like... I just don't understand why they aren't more like, okay, well, we'll help you with your studies and we'll stay here a little bit and then we'll go on our way. And then they don't let them leave. Like, you know, letting the other shoe dangle for a little bit first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I mean, not a lot happens other than like, oh, we see what this planet's like. Um. Uh, the, there are some other male androids and they're wearing like a white, pajama top and bottom and you can definitely is skin tight you can see the outline of their junk oh yeah no you see some uh, pointy android bottoms for sure yeah and so in terms of like gender equality i do appreciate that yes yeah and where we see this is spock takes a look at the control room um (laughs) and he's uh normand is manipulating this not phallic looking crystal He's just like rubbing his hands all over it and kind of closing his eyes. (laughs) And he's like, this is how we do things around here. It's how we control everything. Spock's like, yeah, me too, fella. (laughs) Um, So yeah, um, the androids start replacing the crew. They start beaming the crew down here. Um, Oh, and then we get, I I hope you wrote it down because I, oh, I did write it down. Um. Kirk is trying to be like, okay, you'll give me anything I want, huh? I want to go back to my ship. And they're like, yes, anything you want or need, but your ship is not a want or need. It's a mechanical device. And he just loses his mind and he goes, no, it's a beautiful lady and we love her. (laughs) And then, yeah, and then it's an Alice android and she's like, what? You, a ship, a planet isn't a lady. What's going on here? And so her, she kind of like stops and her necklace flashes because she's like processing, processing. And then she's like, well, that doesn't make sense. We does can not relate. More. Yeah. Yeah. It is hilarious. I mean, we've made so many jokes about Kirk being in love with his ship. And here he's like, yes, I am. She's a beautiful woman. You don't, I don't touch care. her. I don't care who knows it. And no one's gonna captain her, especially that Harry Mud. Yeah, it's um, it's a special time for if you have been listening to this podcast and enjoying it, you should you <laughs> should watch this episode. This is like all of our jokes became a little bit real. <laughs> okay, so we get to the point where uh, the Enterprise crew they kind of come together and they, you know bring all their facts and what they've learned together. And they decide that they've seen, you know, all these Alice androids or a dime or dozen. But there's only one Norman. That's true. There's only one who can 
rub the crystal and make everything just sprout up properly. Um, so I think they say that like they're all these androids are like this big hive mind, but Normand is the part where like it connects everything together. I don't know what um, the That's metaphor right. in our brain would be, but Norman's the one who kind of like is the nexus for making decisions and coordinating everything. Uh, it's interesting that this concept of like a hive mind is so prevalent because it's also like kind of what Landry was like. Um, and even to some extent, the one with the jizz flowers where they're kind of, and, uh, kind of brainwashed from the enterprise's perspective. And then, um, the one with the snake cave, uh, it's, it's just interesting. That's such a a fear and such a pervasiveness. I mean, maybe it's like the cold war of like communism is going to force you all to think exactly the same. I don't know, (laughs) but like. You know, I keep thinking like, oh, this is like early Borg, but like Borg is not the main every other episode theme in TNG, you know? Mm -hmm. So anyway, um, no, it's interesting. I was trying to think, I thought there was another like hive mind one. I'm not Uh, sure. I can't remember. I feel like there is, it's just so hard because Kirk is so smart and can out logic (laughs) so many things. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. Um. So of course they they go with the old the standard. I mean, why why switch this tactic up? Where they're gonna just they're just gonna illogic the computer into submission. Well, they they do something where they figure out that like when they say something that doesn't make sense, then the robots go like they freeze and they're like does not relate, and they're like, what if we? overloaded them with that and so they just decide okay instead of beating them with logic we'll beat them with illogic guys i have a totally unique original idea (laughs) unlike anything we've done before buckle up (laughs) but also they're like hey they're gonna expect us to try and escape so let's do a fake escape and then we'll do a real escape so they like don't they knock out mud or something like that and the robots well, they do but then they're like he's dying so you have to take him to like the med i don't know i don't understand what that was other than to get mud out of the way so he wasn't like why are you guys being weird they're just like they're gonna expect us to escape so let's try and escape and then they'll expect that and then they won't expect when we try and escape again apparently yeah so they like knock out mud um and then yeah they tell them that um he's gonna die without going to the enterprise and then Uhura is like, no, they're lying to you. I want to be immortal and beautiful forever. So I'm going to betray them. I don't really, I forgot the, I never really got why the point was that she was like tricking them in that way. Well, and then the androids are like, thank you for betraying your crew. We'll give you an immortal body before we leave you stranded here. Don't worry about it. And then Kirk's like, Uhura, uh, and he's about to strangle her. And he's like, good job. Yeah, um, it's weird. Like, they leave. <laughs> also, I have to say, I can't believe I forgot about this. There's another part where, like, um, Kirk wants to, like, talk to the crew without the androids. And he's like, uh, go away. And they're like, but why should we go away? And he's like, because I don't like you. Boop, boop, boop. And <laughs> he literally makes that sound. And then they leave. And I'm just like, what? <laughs> that was a great part where he's like, bup, 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 bup. And they're like, wait, no. And he goes, bup, bup, bup. <laughs> Yep, like, he's just here. like, come they're on. Like, they're like, okay. Well, they they're are like, I guess this start. works on us. Yeah. That's just how he should have solved everything. They're like, bup, bup, we, we got to keep you here. He's like, we want to leave. And they're like, you can't, bup, bup, bup. And they're like, you can't, bup, bup, bup. And then he's like, okay, just let him go. Can you even, I want you to imagine you're at work and you go in to your boss and you're like, hey, boss, I've got a question. And... He's like, I'm really busy, uh, and you're like, and okay, I hate but I you. Just... Uh, yeah, and you're like, whoa, what? And he just goes, bup, bup, bup. like, bup, what? Bup. What would your reaction be if he's like, you need to leave? Bup, bup, bup. Bup, bup, bup. Well, I would leave. I mean, I think he'd be rude as hell. I'd be like, uh, uh. He goes, bup, bup, bup. and I'd be like, okay, I'm leaving. So I, I think I would have to stab them. Like, yeah. if someone legitimately did that, I would just be like, this is worth going to prison over. <laughs> This is the it is so shitty. <laughs> Judge, he bubba bupped me. Yeah. Oh. Ugh. 
Dis- charges dismissed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Understandable. All right. So, yeah, we have some scenes where the uh, Enterprise crew acts all weird and crazy. Like, um, Kirk goes into the throne room and there's the Alice's. And um, it's like Spock, not Spock, McCoy and Scotty are like pantomiming music. And Uhura and um, Chekhov. Chekhov are like dancing to it. And then Uhura slaps him. And he's like, why did he slap her? Or why did she slap him? Oh, because he likes him. And then Kirk orders, um, I always want to call him Walter Kanging, which is his real name. Um, but uh, he orders Chekhov to like stand still. And he starts jumping around. He's like, good job. And the robot's like, he's not standing still, though. It's It's very like... I don't know. It's it's a really funny scene to watch. It's really goofy. It's really silly. Like, and even the actors. I don't know if it's that like the actors are having fun or if they're just like, well, the Enterprise crew would obviously be like cracking up and being a like a goof about this. Um, no, but yeah, um, it's it's real fun. Yeah, no, I I read um, that it seemed like the actors were having a hard time getting through their scenes without like cracking up. And, really? Uh, yeah, yeah, and it, the guy. <laughs> But the guy who played Norman, like, never broke character. They're, that was one thing that they were talking about. He never oh broke gosh. character. And then, like, somewhere else, Spock is like, oh, I like this Alice, but I hate this Alice. And the other one's like, why do you hate me? It's he's like, because you're exactly like her. And they're like, but we're exactly the same. How can you hate me? And blah, blah, blah. And they're like, and he's oh, logical. Like, that's right. That's why I like her. And that's <laughs> why I hate you. And she, yeah. she looks sad, but then she's also just like, what the fuck? <laughs> Um, and then finally, um, the Enterprise crew goes to like the command center and they do some more like pantomiming. Um, Spock is like, I have the, the explosives. And it's like, there's nothing in his hand. Dorman's like, why? There's nothing in your hand. And they're like hiding it together. And, uh, Harvey's like, oh, I'm ready for it. He does like the pitcher stance where he kind of goes down and holds his hands out and like Spock throws it to them. And then I think, like, he puts the detonator in it. Uh, He pantomimes doing that. And then he, like, hits it with, like, a golf club. Like, he golfs it out. And he yells, like, for, yeah. And then they they pretend it explodes. And when it, when they imitate, like, the sound of an explosion, the two Alice's just, like, go down. They're just like, oh. They're like, nope, I can't. Nope, I'm done. And then Kirk just starts yelling at Norman once again with like illogical statements and that sort of thing. And then he starts to smoke his, you can see smoke pouring out of his ears and then he goes dead. Um, And that's pretty much it. We have the wrap up uh, scene where all the androids are back. They've like reinitialized all the androids and then um, they're going to set the androids to work to like terraforming the planet. And then they're going to keep, they're going to keep Harry Mud on this planet to like serve out his sentence. Um, and once he becomes like an upstanding citizen, he'll be released. That was hilarious. I was like, okay. <laughs> it's good to note we've no, we never see him ever again in Star Trek. So I guess he never becomes an upstanding citizen. Is that so until he becomes Rain Wilson? Yeah. Well, and the Rain Wilson is before this. Oh, oh, that's yeah. hilarious. Well, uh, uh, once again, I feel like there's another another episode where Kirk just decides to be like an extrajudicial <laughs> review committee. And this is the other thing where he's like, yeah, I have the power to sentence people to prison. And Bones is like, do you? And he's like, shut up, Bones. <laughs> well, he's not sending. He's just like, well, I'm just going to leave you here. You know, you got yourself here and you tried to capture us. So I'm just going to let you stay here. They were planning to bring him back for the third season, but then they wanted to stay away from like the more comical episodes, so we never see Harry Mudd again. That's disappointing because it would have been really fun to see him show up again as this like slapstick character mm-hmm. in like a situation where the stakes are really high, and then like his skullduggery is what like gets them out or something. Mm. That would be fun. That would be cool. Yeah, I like him. He's a fun character. It was fun to see him again, too. Yeah, and it would be great to see him in another kind of slapstick episode where the stakes are even higher. I think what I like about him 
is that, like, he's a really enjoyable villain, but again, I think we've talked about this before, where he's not evil, like, mustache twirling evil. It's just that, like, his goals are so completely contrary to uh, Kirk's. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, that's, like, what makes him really fun. Like, he's so about, like, all this skullduggery and this, like, black market and, like, this mischief. And you can just tell Kirk is, like, a type A guy. He's like, ugh, ugh, I'm supposed to be the cool one and you're making me look like an uptight nerd. Stop it. (laughs) Like, he is... I think that's what's enjoyable about him is that, like, you don't agree with him. You're like, you can't just go around doing whatever you want. But it is like hilarious he's also a great like antagonist or foil to the ideas of star trek about coming together and like working together and working for the greater good someone who's just like so selfish and looking to like take advantage of any situation yeah yeah i agree i think it's also like like i said when he's like knowledge should be free like he has these bits where he makes good points Mm mm-hmm um, so where we leave, um, Mr. Mud is he's on the planet. That's and Mud the First. Mud you. the First, yes. Um, or I Mud. Um, but they, uh, Kirk has ordered the production of 500 Stellas, his wife. And they're, <laughs> right. they're like surrounding him, yelling at him, nagging him. There's like three of them when they leave him, just like screaming at him. Harcourt, you've been overeating again. Where have you been, Harcourt? Do I smell you've been drinking again? Harcourt, when are you going to get it together? (laughs) But yeah, and that's pretty much the episode. Um, So what'd you think of this episode, Emily? Um, I had a couple. Oh, well, okay. So one, I really liked it. It was really fun, like all the way through. Um, I think my one complaint is like, you kind of made the joke of like, um, you know, Kirk's plan to get off the planet is going to be completely unlike anything they've seen before. Um, we're going to be illogical. Um, it's like, instead of presenting an original solution, they're just going to do the opposite of what we did before. Mm -hmm. Um, and I wrote in my really nerdy way that this is a really modern show not a postmodern show like it's a very <laughs> binary one where mm-hmm. if you're like you know up is down or up is good and down is bad then this is just the episode where you say up is bad and down is good instead of being like what if we're floating in space you know like so it would have been fun to see them tiptoe into that postmodernness and get a little bit more like like branch out in their storytelling and their values and this like template that they're working with But that's, like, a really small complaint because overall, like, it was really fun. It was really silly. Like, there was never a moment where I, like, rolled my eyes because they went too far overboard. You know what I mean? Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. No, I think it was was fun. It kind of moved along well. Like, it didn't have Mm -hmm. as much of a soggy middle as we like to complain about. I think that was my only – I did like this episode, too. I'd give it a thumbs up. And then, yes, my only problem with it is – We've seen this happen so many times before where Kirk um, talks a computer to death. Um, yeah. As, as, as people would kind of say it. And it happens in um, the return of the archons. Um, and it happens in the changeling. It happens a little bit in the one with the not a Q. Yeah. Uh, the one with Trelane. Yes. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That one kind of a little bit. Um, kind of. But yeah, I I think too like they did a like they did a good job of I I wish they would have kind of stuck to the more like creating this like make believe space I guess that's kind of how they did it somewhat is they created like you know when they're pantomiming like making explosive and then mm-hmm. having that explosive like explode and it took out the Alice's I think that would have been good to like have that actually be the whole solution was them kind of like convincing like bringing the androids into like the weird mental imaginary space of, of humans. Yeah. And then using that to be like, you know, like humans, what they think in their mind is real is actually happening to them. 
And then the androids like, oh, like, so to relate more with humans, we need to like have an imagination and then like turning that imagination against the androids. I think that would have been right. Cool. So like, so like the androids would be like, okay, I have to act like this is real. And then when he throws the grenade, they die. Yeah. 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 That would have been really fun. That would have been really fun to see. Cause it, like you said, it would have done definitely been this idea of like, um, like how far can you convince someone? Like it would have been like an emperor's new clothes situation. Mm-hmm. We also didn't talk about this too much, but like, there's a moment, and again, it is 100%. We've seen this before, um, but there's a moment after, like, Harvey Mudd, Harry Mudd is about to escape, and he's like, well, now I brought them here so you can let me go. And they're like, actually, we change our mind. As it turns out, like, humans are way too dangerous. You have to stay here, and we're essentially going to domesticate you. Yeah. <laughs> like, I thought that was hilarious yes. i was like oh you're gonna take them from tigers to house cats this is the best i'm so glad you brought that up because this is a thing that i thought about a lot right after the episode and i, f- I forgot it when we were recording but yes i love this idea too because in in a lot of like robots are taking over it's like humans are crazy so we have to kill them all because yeah. they're logical and bad for planets and that sort of thing. I like a race of robots or androids who are like, we're not going to kill you all, but we're just going to domesticate you. We're going to like imprison you, but also serve you. Um, so I really like that idea where they're going to take over humanity so they can like serve them drinks and like, yeah. So you can it. be like, you can stay here and um, we'll trim your nails <laughs> And we'll make sure you get your shots and we'll make sure you don't fight with people. Yeah. And you can't go out and kill all the space birds. I was, or like, I was thinking like they do, like the androids are just on all the spaceships, like letting people explore and stuff. But like every human has an android that's watching them. And they're like, that's wrong. (laughs) Or like, they think that they're like piloting the starship, but really they're just like playing with these enrichment toys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, are you gonna go fly your little spaceship? Oh, mommy's little pilot. And they're like, You can't go to that planet. We explored that planet and we deemed it's too dangerous for you. There's another planet though over here you guys haven't seen. Why don't you go over there? Yeah. Then, uh-huh. But then they leave like little like treats or something. You know, like when you like if you like hide like a dog bone in your yeah in a in your yard to like <laughs> excite your dog it would be like that sort of thing it's like oh would you guys find and it's like oh wow it's some a ball of tin foil do you, humans want to play with that you find it stimulating they're like no it's like oh it's a gun oh yay <laughs> oh it doesn't have any bullets in it yeah but no i really like that idea of of an android race determining that humans are too chaotic but not we're going to kill them all. It's, we're just going to take care of them and make sure they don't hurt each We're going to human-proof the galaxy for you. Right, human-proof. Because, like, you're too destructive for the environment, but it would be inhumane to just straight-up murder you. So this is what we're going to do. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Yeah, it's great. It's great. So thumbs up. Good episode. Lots of fun. Computers are new in the 60s, so I guess we can forgive them for only having one solution to kill all machines. So... I mean, yeah, I think I certainly have like some mild complaints. And again, it is just because we've seen it before. If we mm-hmm. hadn't seen these plot elements, it'd be a lot more fun. But again, it is just this idea of like, yeah, 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 we get it. We get it. But also, once again, this is 80 years ago, right? And yeah. these are the first times that we've seen stuff like this. So back in the day very original something I, you probably hadn't seen before i also have to like remind myself that like it's also pre-streaming so like mm-hmm. you could theoretically like even um a couple years ago i mean many years ago now but i watched um the west wing and i had never seen it when it was on tv so i was just streaming on netflix and it's so repetitive like anytime they have a major plot arc it's insanely repetitive Mm -hmm. and they have like all of these um 
like uh plot lines that just get picked up and dropped and like there's no continuity and like it's very monster of the week and it's just like oh so and so is gonna get upset uh and get on their like high horse about this or so and so is gonna do this or that and it is again this idea i think of like you had to be able to be like if you miss one episode it's still gonna be okay Mm -hmm. yeah so and 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 you know um Harry Mudd is the character is is the non Enterprise crew member who appears the most playing the same character in in the show in TOS or all of them uh in TOS oh okay yeah. I was gonna be like what there's no way oh that's interesting yeah so anyone who's on the Enterprise you know of course returns multiple times but he's like the guest star who's I mean he's only played it twice though so that's funny yeah but yeah he's the only non Enterprise crew member who has been on the most times. I think I'm saying that. No, no, I get you. Like, uh, the reoccurring character who appears the most. Yes, yes, thank you. All right, do you want to go down a conspiracy rabbit hole with me, Emily? Yes, always. Okay. Especially because Corey's not here to tell us no. (laughs) Okay, so um, you remember, they were like, how did you get here? And the guy's like, well, we're robots from another galaxy. Yeah. Um, and they but, all died. Like, we outlasted them. Yes. But they're kind of cagey about it. Yes. Yes. Um, but I think he talks. I don't know if he talks about this, but I think he's like, oh, the old one. I don't think he says the old ones. But, like, they're from. Uh, we came here from the Andromeda galaxy. And they all died. And we outlived them. Yeah. They say something um, like that. Okay, so also, do you remember in what little girls are made of? Uh-oh. That's the one with Mary? No, no. No, because that is called Mary. Yeah, yeah. That's the one with um, the sexy android, Ruck. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And that's how we, that's the one where we see the birds and the bees of how androids are made. Which is a spinning table. Yes, or you yeah. put a human in, you put a person in one, and then you spin the table, and then a clay blank gets turned into a person. Yep. So that is another um, dead civilization with a ton of androids. Do you remember oh, that? Oh, I do. Okay. So he talks about the old ones in that episode, what little girls are made of. He's like, oh, we were made by the old ones. All right. Now. Let's also cast our minds back to Cat Spa. Cat Spa, where the yeah. cats go to relax. Cat Spa W is the episode. It's Cat like, Spa West, yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right. So in that one, um, the the two um, the two antagonists. So in Cat Spa, there's uh, Corbo and Sylvia. Yeah, the shrimps. Yes, the shrimps and their little little people. Are the shrimps the old ones? No, but they're from, I think they're from the Andromeda galaxy. And they also reference the old ones um, who are like, we're here to like get information for the old ones. Yeah. Is is like, that's their mission. And they're also from um, another galaxy. Because that's why they look so weird is because they're, you know, from so far out. Okay. So, the writer of Catspaw is Robert Block, who, I was just researching this, I didn't know, he is the one who wrote the novel Psycho. Yeah, I told you that on another episode. Oh, okay. Okay, so you're ahead of the curve here. Um, who was also um, an H.P. Lovecraft, like, disciple, or <sighs> he, like, frequently corresponded with H.P. Lovecraft. Oh, what? Like, he actually knew him? Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure what their relationship was, but just looking at the Memory Alpha Wikipedia for Robert Block, it says... um, Wait, I thought H.P. Lovecraft was, like, from the 1800s. No, he was, like, 1920s. He died in 1937. So I guess this guy could have done that. Yeah. Okay. Um, So he was, like, corresponded and, you know was kind of friend i don't know exactly what their relationship but he had a relationship with hp lovecraft and he was a a horror writer as well so i think the old ones are like cthulhu and that kind of like 
Oh, that's like Ethos. a little. Yeah, that's like a little Easter egg for them. Yeah. And so I would love to see this. This is, We're kind of like getting into writer's room territory. But I would love like if Discovery or some other Star Trek like honed in on all of this and did like an extra galactic like old ones Cthulhu storyline where like they're I don't know, like they send the robots over here, but then like their civilization went extinct or something like that. But I'd love to see some like Lovecraftian kind of horror like leak into like a Star Trek plot or a season or something like that. I wonder if like, okay, so if we build into this idea, it might be that, um, so what if the Eldritch ones, the Cthulhu's are aliens, but they, like all the other galaxies are advanced enough that they recognize them as life forms and they recognize that they want things, but to humans, they're just mind blowing, you know, like Mm -hmm. HP Lovecraft stories have things where they talk about like non-euclidean geometry and like angles that can't exist in the same place but they somehow are and like that sounds like the beginnings of science fiction right yeah so like what if the cthulhu and the old ones are like the like you said the same being but they just melt puny humans brains yeah it's or or to like they're trying to like get into our galaxy or like invade it some way the the thing i love about star trek is it staves in our galaxy like the whole time there's only one episode i can recall where they go outside our galaxy and that's Mm. the tng episode where they meet like the traveler who can use his brain to like make make the enterprise travel really fast and they end up outside their galaxy in another galaxy and they're like whoa like we can't even fathom this and do you remember that one where like also like people's like thoughts were leaking out and becoming reality so people were like meeting vaguely wasn't that the one where the guy like wanted to die at the end or something no that's a different one that's yeah that's a different one i'm not exactly sure but but like (laughs) people are like thinking about fire and then they burst into flames yeah yeah Um, i remember this one now yeah um so i think you could really have a lot of fun with that that's some some prime territory um there's also an interesting concept because in lovecraft it's like they're not really dead they're sleeping and like Mm -hmm. the in this episode the aliens are like they're gone we outlasted them they didn't say they died yeah well also like they did stop having because i think they said that their original planet exploded yeah exploded from too many cthulhus yeah exactly too many cthulhus and not enough indians what (laughs) <laughs> there's the there's the uh saying there's too many chiefs and not enough indians i have never heard that before you never heard that <laughs> no i've heard that too many uh cooks in the kitchen will spoil the broth yeah but this is yeah. a different saying it's it's the same idea but it's just more racist i think well yeah a little bit I, the, the, <laughs> but when you're saying there's too many chiefs and not enough indians there's like too many people who are in charge and, and not, not enough, enough people to get the work done. Yeah, and like not enough people under them who actually do work. There's just people who are like, you should do this, you should do that, but not enough people actually doing stuff. Yeah. Um, where too many cooks spoils the soup or spoils the broth or whatever. This is like when you have too many people involved. It's gonna, too many, it's gonna everyone's be trying to be like, do this, do this, yeah. do that. And it's like, you just got to have one person doing stuff. Yeah, well, exactly. I I mean, it's I think it's also science that Cthulhu's are the number one cause of planet explosion. And the number mm-hmm. two cause is order number 34, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. 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 The so. genocide button. I think it's 26. I forget what order it is, but. Uh, I really thought it was 34. You could be right. You could be right. I totally forget what it is. I but. like the idea of me being right. <laughs> we'll let you have this one. You, Yay. You're right, anyway. you're right. So. So what are you going to have your Cory robot slave do for you once we're done recording? Um, I am going to have them um, line up and like do the can-can dance. Oh, that'll can, be fun. Can you do the can-can? Can they reach like very high with their kicks, or is oh this, yeah, like yeah, yeah. No, they go higher, all the way, higher than the real Corey. They go all the way around, and the, at a at the 
finale. Oh, wow. Like a swing that goes around the top. Exactly. That's how their hips work. Wow. Yeah. And then at, at the finale is them going so fast that they achieve flight. And then they all <laughs> run into each other and explode. It's amazing. So That's very exciting. Yeah. So, yeah. What are you going to do with your uh, Corey, Corey slave? I'm going to have them clean my house. Nice. nice. I've got a lot of pets. Yeah. And I've you haven't cleaned your house ever. I've domesticated many pets. Yes, it's true. <laughs> I actually just found out that you're supposed to clean your house. So it's uh, it's been a wild ride for me lately. Man, adulthood just keeps blowing my brain. This... I, yeah. Did you know that you're supposed to clean your house? Did you also know you have to pay the government money? It's called money. taxes. Yeah. What? Ew. I know. It's weird. I didn't, I didn't like it. Real. Yeah. Anyway, well... Hopefully, uh, at least one of the robot quarries will be like Norman, and he'll be able to rub a, a crystal and tell us what to do. Yeah. I just want a quarry that will just listen to us talk as much as we want without sighing <laughs> and like looking at his watch and being like, telling us up. we have to pay taxes and go to the bathroom in the toilet and watch the episode before we talk about it, and who knows what else. <laughs> so anyway. Well, I think uh, I think that's our episode for today. Yeah. So we we just want to tell you guys that we love you. We don't love each other. We don't love each other. We love you. And until we see you next time, keep on trekking.